I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all of those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week, it is my turn. And on the tradition of what we did last week, I've picked a movie um, that is a lot different than Emma's taste, but it is my taste. And that is Rat Race. Um, But before we get into that, Emma has... Some other thing she wants to share first. Exactly. So we always start off with something what we call unshareables, which is basically things that are a little bit trickier to share, either because we don't want to dedicate a whole episode to them or because they're hard to share long distance. Uh, This week, my choice is something I actively don't want to share with people. (laughs) And it is the app Classic Words. Classic Words? I've never heard of it. Um, Yeah. So my roommates are really into Words with Friends since we started going on quarantine she was like, oh, you should download Words with Friends and we can play. And I was like, I mean, I like Scrabble. Uh, my family is very good at Scrabble. My family is very intense about Scrabble. Mm. And I often lose, which is fine. Like, it's, I, I don't mind. It's like, it's a challenge, you know? You know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I downloaded Words with Friends and it had a lot of ads. And I realized that I uh, don't want to interact with people because if I start losing, like, really badly, I just want to quit, which is not a good personality mm. trait. Um, but then I found Classic Words, and it is an app that clearly hasn't been updated since, like, 2010. It looks <laughs> like it is operating on a ancient, by our standards, operating system, like Apple from 10 years ago. Yeah. And you just play against a computer. There are no ads. Um, I've actually been pleased with myself because I haven't been quitting a lot because it is just, like, a challenge. And also I don't have to feel bad about losing to anyone because I'm just losing to a computer. So there's no one there mm. to be like, ha, 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 beat you. Um, and it's perfect for my needs. I have played, hold on, let me open this app. I downloaded it last Friday. What and since called? then, it's called Classic Words. <laughs> And I have, uh, I am very proud of myself, actually, because I started it on normal difficulty level, and I was, mm-hmm. like, regularly beating the computer, which was great for my ego, but I was like, okay, I need to step it up. So now I've been playing it hard. I have played 87 games since <laughs> last Friday. <laughs> wow. Uh, Wait, and I have last Friday or this past Friday? Like, okay, I guess, like, a little over a week, like a week and a half ago. Okay, Not okay. since, like, the past four days. For That's what I was going to say. It's like, ever. Um, no, it's been, like, a week and a half. But it's, like, mm. I play it a lot. Um, and I have won 69% of games. Nice. Uh, and the best word that nice. I have played is the word huntable, where I got 77 points. Ooh, hell yeah, girl. Because you get a 50-point bonus if you play all of the tiles on your rack. It's like regular Scrabble World. Anyways, I really like classic words. It is perfect yeah. for my needs, just I want to play Scrabble. Uh, but I don't want to wait on someone else's turn. And then if I need to take a really long time to decide, I don't want to feel bad because I'm, like, making someone mm. else wait. And then if I'm really frustrated, then I can just restart the game. And it's perfect for me. Classic words. Yay! I have a game on my iPad that's similar. I went to go and check what it was called, but my iPad's dead because I don't use it very often. But it's similar to that, that you can play with, like, different people or you can just play against the computer. And it has um, Connect Four. It has Chinese Checkers. It has... And it has Scrabble on it. And I'm not great with words, but it's a great thing to have, especially if you're on vacation or you're traveling somewhere and it doesn't need any internet connection because it's a, I never use the internet connection, but the computer just plays me anyway on here. And it's great. And it's so much fun. 
I also really like classic words because, like, obviously the computer has an advantage because it knows all of the words that are available mm-hmm. in, like, the Scrabble dictionary. But I like this, too, because a lot of times I'm like, I feel like this is a word. And you get to put it down and it won't let you play it if it's not a word. So there's no challenging. Whereas, like, if you're playing the board game Scrabble and you put down what you think is a word, people can challenge you. And if it's not in the Scrabble dictionary, you lose points. Whereas this mm. one, it just won't let you play if it's not a word. So you, you yes. have, like, a little bit of advantage over an ordinary That's game. That's fun. Yeah. Um, you can and then like I'm play also something just... and be like, will this actually be a word or not? Cool. <laughs> I'm like, I hope so. And now I am just in training because I'm learning all of these new words and uh, maybe I'll be the new family champion come Christmas time if I can see Woo! my family. Christmas, fingers crossed. <laughs> Did I tell you that one time um, when I, we were, it was me and my mom's side of the family and we were all together on this trip and we did a family Scrabble tournament and I was- Was there bloodshed? Well, like- my family's really intense with Scrabble, like specifically like my open, no, specifically my Oma was, and because she would play online all the time, like that was her hobby. She would play online against people. Um, I hit it off. And I know, and I ended up second, which is bizarre. <gasps> but the only reason why is because Queen. the in the first couple of rounds, people were being really lenient for me because of my learning difficulties. And um, so they would help me and I was allowed to use a dictionary and all that stuff. And then the finals came and they're like, you're not allowed. I was like, cool. Should I just forfeit that? Because I'm going to lose, which is fine. And you're like, psych! Uh, psych, just kidding. Um, but yeah, everyone was surprised. More so, I was surprised how well I did. Um, but... Yeah, Scrabble is one of those, like, I I enjoy, I've never really played with someone because of that. I played that Disney Scrabble game we have, the, like, that comes yeah, in I strips. I like Disney Scrabble. Of, like, the words are pre-spelled for you. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I love yeah. it. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, that brought me back some memories, too. I'm glad you're finding ways to be entertained and expand it, your it's, brain. It's challenging my brain a bit more than the literally hours I was playing uh spending playing spider solitaire uh, <laughs> nice. this is slightly more stimulating for my brain I'm I'm enjoying it immensely oh so good all right so now to the main event which is the 2001 classic rat race <laughs> Emma sent this me a message two hours long <laughs> It's, it's a long movie. Emma sent me a, a photo of her after she watched it. Like, I don't know how to completely cope with the last two hours that has been my life. <laughs> I also want to point out, actually, that when Jenny was editing our last episode on Hansel and Gretel, I got a text that was, I'm watching YouTube clips, and oh man, I should have rated this movie lower. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> had struggles editing that because I had to, like, I was finding some audio clips to put in. And I was terrified editing it. And even, like, re-listening to it, I was like, I can't. This is... Why? Like, but then when I listened to my explanation of why I rated it, I was like, okay, like, that makes sense. But also, like, oh my god. That's so funny, though, because this is a horror film. This is a horrifying movie. (laughs) This unsettled me deeply. My skeleton left my body. It just slurped right out of my knees. Well, that's why I love it so much, is because it is so incredibly bizarre and so incredibly ridiculous. Like, while I watch this, I am cry laughing, say, yelling, this is so stupid the entire time. Because I know how ridiculous it is. And because of that, 
I forget about everything else that's going on in the world. And I just am like consumed by this. Like these people are so stupid. What are they doing? How do they get into these situations? And they're like A-list celebrities for the most part. And this just movie like, has four what? Academy Award winners. No, three Academy Award winners, four Academy Award nominees. But how? <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the plot first so people kind of know what we're talking about. So this movie um, follows six different groups or parties um, of people. They are in Las Vegas. They're all different. There's like... A family, there's a brothers, there's a mother meeting her daughter for the first time, there's individuals, and they all win this little gold coin in a slot machine in Las Vegas. And they are told that they're gonna go for an experience and going upstairs in the penthouse and for a once in a lifetime thing. And which is one of my favorite quotes is when Whoopi Goldberg's character, um, the person's her daughter's like, this sounds like a scam. And she's like, oh, a scam. Let's do it. I'm like, yay, let's do it. <laughs> um, um, so they go up to this penthouse and there is Donald Sinclair, the head of this hotel, who's played by John Cleese from Mighty Python, the classic guy. And he gives these people a game that is a chance of one in six to win. All they need to do is take this key and they can open a locker and there will be two million dollars in there. And there's no rules. And that is all. And that is the premise of the movie. Is these people trying to get down to the train station to win. And hijinks and ridiculous things happen. And that is the main premise of the movie. It's actually a slight variation off of the two, no, the 19... 63 classic, it's a mad, 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 mad world. So it's kind of like a, a reference to that film. Um, and so it's just a bunch of people trying to get some money. And I would say in my life, how old am I now? I've probably watched this movie over 50 times, at least. That's so many hours. At least life. over 50 times. Um, it is oh one of the God. movies that is on my list of when I'm sick, I will watch this movie because it makes me forget everything that's going on and it's just <laughs> ridiculous. And I, uh, yeah, that is kind of the premise of the movie. Emma, what were your initial thoughts of this film? Um, <laughs> this is better because I can't uh... see your face. I can just see like your lower body. <laughs> I can oh. still tell by your demeanor that you're like, oh, God. I, okay. So, like, it was, it was a journey. Um, I had heard of this movie, like, when it came out, I would have been, like, seven, eight. It came out in 2001. We've had this conversation so many times. <laughs> um, it came out in 2001, so I would have been, like, seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And even then, it did not appeal to me. Yeah. Um, and then I met you and you were like, one of my favorite movies is Rat Race. And I was like, <laughs> Which doesn't okay. make any sense. I will choose to. Like, for the normal movies I like, this makes no sense. I know. Um, and then I watched it and I was like, kind of going in with the with the mind that you were like, oh, you're not going to like this movie. And I was like, of course I'm not going to like this movie. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll surprise me because like, I like some pretty bad movies. <laughs> 
So I was like, okay, maybe I will like this one. That did did not happen. No. Um, but it did get two full laughs out of me. Yay! And so I I have a lot of I have a lot of notes that I took while watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think as we kind of work our way through the plot, I'll get more into them because they're all about specific things that happen because again, so much happens in this movie. It's got like a for the year two thousand very stacked cast. Oh um, yeah. And. Uh, but I think the two general points I want to make about this movie is multiple times I wrote, they would be dead. And, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what those were ever referring to. I should have been more specific. Uh, and then also this is a horror film. This is a, this is a a Eldritch horror film. This is (laughs) a film. This is like, why do you think it's a horror film? this This is a horror film. Um, okay. So like. You mentioned the most direct, like, this is a remake of It's a Mad, 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 however many Mad Worlds. Yes. Um, Mad's World. <laughs> and uh, my thought was, like, if I did not know the premise of this film, when John Cleese invites them all up to his suite and is like, I'm a millionaire, I yeah. love gambling, yeah. I was like, oh, he's gonna hunt them all for sport. <laughs> this, is, this is the remake of The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. Um, and then there are multiple mur- attempted murders in this film. There are so many federal crimes. Oh, 100%. Um, but I have one particular plotline that I think is where this is a horror film, but I'll wait until we get there. Okay, yeah. Um, like, even though I've said I've watched this movie 50 times, there are still even complete story arcs that I don't like. Like, that I still cringe at, and I will still watch it, but I, I still, there are, don't get me wrong, there are parts of this movie that I hate. But it's still one of my favorite movies. I was gonna say, yeah. Like, there were parts of it where it's, like, they make some extremely, like, blue color... Or, I can't speak. There was, like, some blue off-color jokes. Oh, yeah. Or things that have not aged well and probably weren't even well-aged in the year 2000. I didn't count those in, like, my opinion of you while watching this movie. Because I was like, obviously Jenny doesn't find that funny. But there were parts that I heard, I heard the jokes and I was like... Oh, oh, that's what Jenny always says. That's what that's from. And it was a lot of like, oh, I thought that was an in-joke between you and your sister. No, it's a reference to this film, which what, I guess counts as an in-joke between like, you and your sister. Like, was there a specific quote that happened when you're like, oh, that's what Jenny says? There were a couple, um, and now I can't remember all of them. And one I don't want to say because it was very off-putting to me. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, so Rowan Atkinson is this in this movie, I guess, like, as we talk about it more, we'll kind of break down, like, again, so much in this movie. But, like, yeah. everything Rowan Atkinson said, I was like, oh, that's, I could hear it in your release. I'm like, I won, I'm in a race, I won, I won. I'm winning, I'm I winning. I'm winning. <laughs> I yeah, know. that, I was yeah. like. Well, okay, oh, so early, that was just a voice that you did. Yeah, that, there's a certain amount of movies of, like, my early life that, yeah, the more I expose you to this, the more you could be like, oh, this is this is what Jenny is. She is just these movies. And, like... I mean, the, same. Like, in the early 2000s, and also I realized, like, some of my favorite... Like, the movies I watched so much as a kid all had Seth Green in them, which is bizarre, but they all did, like... He was a very busy man. This movie, so Rat I mean, Race... he still is. He's not dead. Yeah. He does a lot of, like, um, voiceover work and, like, animation and stuff yeah. now. Um, so, like, yeah, he was in Rat Race, he was in Scooby-Doo 2, and he was also in all the Austin Power movies, and those are, like, the movies I watched as a kid, 
And those all happen like in within like the five like two thousand and one, two thousand four, like all happen at the same time. And I don't know why I Can had we, to watch oh. them. Yes. I mean, he's an extremely likable presence. If you ever do get into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he's great in it. I freaking love Oz. He's a great character. Um, I just want to pour one out really quickly because we are still on lockdown. Like, I know staying home is the right thing to do. I'm still sad about the things I would not, I'm not able to do as a result. And one of those things is something that my friends and I planned. We were like, to do in August. And we made this plan in, like, January. So I was like, that's so far away. And now it's a bummer knowing that I made plans so far away and now they're not going to happen. But there is a fantastic uh, film series in Toronto called Drunken Cinema. It's at one of the local independent cinemas. And mm. you go and they have a featured cocktail. And everyone gets a card. And your card has a specific rule on it. And so you drink whenever that rule happens. And you get, like, a glow stick that you mm. have to wave. And they were doing Scooby-Doo in August. And <gasps> I was so excited. Like, oh. live-action Scooby-Doo. I think... I can't remember if it was Monsters Unleashed or original Scooby-Doo. Mm. But I was so excited about this. Oh, man. Let's pour one out for Drunken Cinema. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Yeah, this... I'll talk a little bit about... Yeah, so I kind of talked a bit about the production of it. Um, it was directed by... I wrote down his name. Jerry Zulkler, I think is his last name. Zucker. I'm horrible with names. He's the same guy who did the movie Airplane, the 1980s okay. film. Okay. So he's done a lot of comedies, and his kind of signature thing is that he has his mom in all his films. So his mom is in this film as well. Um, who is his mom? She plays one of the Lucys. I loved the Lucys. Okay, yeah, the Lucys. Okay, let's just talk about the Lucys for a second. Okay, yeah. Okay, that is one of my favorite is the Lucys thing is, so um, there is a character who is a disgraced football referee, and so Played he... Played by Cuba Gooding Jr., Academy Award winner Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes, and he... Um, tries to get a taxi to drive him down, and the taxi driver is a football fan, realizes who he is, drops him off in the middle of the desert. This man is a murderer! <laughs> this man is a psychopath! Yeah. Not Cuba Gooding Jr. I didn't need the character. Okay. I don't even know how to talk about this movie because there's so many plot lines. But yeah. yes. Yeah. He, he gets to, gets into a taxi. So, the premise, so I guess we'll just talk about his, his storyline first. So Cuba Gooding okay. Jr., what is his character's name? I don't know anybody's yes. name. Yes, um, his character's name is, oh, I wrote it down, um, Owen. Okay, so Owen is a referee who, at the start of a football game, flips the coin, says it's tails, but it was actually heads. Yeah. And then apparently they just, like, don't do the game, so all these people who gambled on it... Um, no, I think what ends up happening is that he calls it, and who, whoever, like, because if you call it, that means who gets the ball first. Whoever thought he actually called it wrong they'll think that he called the game wrong, which means they didn't get the first chance to go, so he was the reason why they lost. Because they still would have played. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets into this cabbie. He's trying to go to the airport so he can get on a plane to New Mexico. And the cabbie is complaining about how he lost $25,000 on a bet. And I was like, sorry, you have a gambling problem. This is a very serious issue. Uh, I was going to say a witty anti-gambling slogan with NBC, and I can't remember what it is. So that anecdote is gone. Yeah! (laughs) Thank Your you. girl has lived in BC her whole life. <laughs> Thank you. That's probably not even just a BC thing. Um, and then he gets in this taxi, and he, like, is kind of hiding his face, because the taxi driver is like, I'm gonna kill this man if I ever see him. Yeah. That's what he sounds like, um, obviously. <laughs> and then he, after he isn't able to get on the plane, he goes back, gets the same cabbie, who then drives him into the middle of the desert and steals his pants. This man is a psychopathic murderer. Yeah. 
this man's addiction has driven him to felonies. It's so it's it's quite interesting how this movie shows like greed in so many different ways and like the extremes that people would go to about money. Like this guy is like, no, I'm just gonna leave this guy in the middle of the. I was like, what is that gonna do? Like, you're not gonna get your money back. You're not gonna do anything. Like, you're not getting your money back. You're just killing a human being. Yeah. And like, I have no idea if someone was like, race to win two million dollars. God, like, I'd probably lose my shit. Yeah. And I don't want to think about that side of myself. Oh, fun fact: they made it two million dollars because in it's a mad, mad, mad world. It was thirty-five, no, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, which apparently, it with um in inflation and everything would have been $2 million in 2001. So that's why they made it $2 million. But fun fact. Yeah. So he gets in the desert and then he finally finds his way. He tricks this like bus driver into giving him his clothes. He gets on the bus and it's a group of people dressed as I love Lucy, like as Lucy. And they're going to an I love Lucy convention. And, and it's just a busload of Lucille balls, and it is a visual delight. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I was like, I was so hired, curious like, every time I was actually entertained by this movie. And this was one of those times I was like, "Gosh, dang, Nabbit, I love this busload of Lucys." Right, and like apparently they hired like some of them were actors, and the rest were just like extras, just dressed up as Lucy, and They're they delightful. had the best time. And yeah, so his mom was one of them, and. It's uh, it's just so charming and like the bus breaks down in a, a very classic Lucy fashion of like the wheel is going away and they're like oh no and then they go away and they all do like them um, at one point they they light one of the Lucy's wigs on fire accidentally and they throw it into the toilet and then try to flush down the toilet and the toilet overflows yeah and it's a bus toilet and it overflows with like soap bubbles and I was so relieved because this movie is not one that is afraid of scatological humor and I was like I don't want to see all the Lucy's covered in literal shit (laughs) in human excrement and then it was just soap bubbles and I was like okay I'll allow it So yeah, that that was a very big so tangent. That's Owen's storyline. That's Owen's story. Um, that's Owen's storyline. And we kind of touched base okay, a bit. Academy Award winner Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's three Academy Award winners. There's Cuba. There's Whippy Goldberg. And there's also Kathy Bates is also in this. And um, it's also the first um, movie when there was two African American Oscar winners in it at the same time. Which is really exciting oh. as well. So it was the first one ever on screen there were, that there was two African American Academy Award winners. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so um, the, this man, this director, also directed actually directed uh, Whoopi's Academy Award winning performance. He, I know him because he was the director of Ghost, which is what she won oh, Oscar for. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this cast is incredible. Like they have it is. Um, like, we kind of named, like, the biggest stars. There's also, um, Rowan Atkinson, aka Mr. Bean, is in this film. And... Okay, the, the Love Actually Angel. Ugh, so good. And, yeah, so they, I, I have, I have the DVD, so I watched, like, the special features, and they said it was so much fun with 
so many comedians on set and like Oh, they were like, that would have been really fun. It would have been. It was so much fun for them to film. Some of them were like really close friends. Like Seth Green and Brecca Myers are just really close friends because they were both children stars, yes. and they. I think they work. They had like. I think they have their own production company, and they work on like Rob, Rob, Robot Chicken together, and like so many that other things. That makes sense. They have very similar vibes. Yes, exactly. And then they were saying, like, some of the stars would try to up the other one and always had the last word, but as soon as, like, the camera was rolling, everyone wanted to, like, like, in the scene where, uh, when Donald Sinclair, like, lifts up a gun and they all had to react in a different way, and they're like, how are we, how are we all, we all want to be funny, but we also don't want to, like, overshine anyone else, and, like, they try to do different takes, and they just said they had so much fun filming this movie um and they filmed the majority of it in alberta which is kind of cool um the majority of it was filmed in, that makes sense yeah all the scenes of them on the road all of that is mainly filmed in Drumheller, where the roy Trail museum is that location um which is cool my sister used to that work there that explains why it's so dry yeah exactly they also filmed it in calgary they filmed it in like a canadian force base like they made it into like a make shop like film studio um and they also the beginning shot with owen with the flip of the coin they actually filmed it at a calgary stampede game football so it was an actual oh, crowd nice. of actual fans there so amazing when anything's filmed okay. in canada i get really excited <laughs> so that was yes. filmed there they also filmed it in other locations as well in the states but um the majority of the film they filmed it in canada which is like hell um, yeah we're going to do another brief Canadian anecdote. Um, Brokeback Mountain was filmed in Alberta as well. Ah. Uh, have you seen Brokeback Mountain? I have not. Okay. Well, we won't get into that. So they <laughs> film a really important scene uh, during the 4th of July during a fireworks show. Mm. And uh, it's very dramatic and angly. The director is trying to get the crowd to cheer because it's the 4th of July and it's fireworks. And he was like, this is not the energy level we need for this scene. Um but it was the year, I think, that Calgary was in the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm. And he was like, okay, cheer like Stanley, or like, like Calgary just won. And then everyone just flipped <laughs> out. And like, if you watch this scene, everyone in it is just like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so Ang Lee is a great director. Um, and Canadians, yeah we, yeah, we get excited whenever something is done in Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this film actually did pretty well in the box office. It said it grossed... Um, million dollars and their budget was 48 million so i think with math that's a profit of 37.5 million so it it didn't do that bad apparently in the uk it was ranked number three and can you guess what the the one and two were i don't remember which order one and two were but guess what they were i'm so mad because i actually looked this up and i can't remember can you give me a hint it's like two of the biggest movies ever oh one's harry potter yeah one is Harry Potter, and is one Star Wars? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's hilarious. So was, that, was, is, that is some counter-programming right there. Yeah. Right there. Also, 2001. Wow. A lot of big films that year. Stacked. Same year. Like, that's bizarre. Um, yeah, so, and they did, like, a lot of stunts on this film. As you said, it's like a horror film. They have so many things are happening. People could have died, like, any second. People and, are dangling. People are getting almost run over during a monster truck rally. People yep. are, are, are uh, crushed by a cow. Oh, that was my note of they would be dead. A cow gets dropped on two people. They would be yeah. dead. Cows are oh. huge. Well, they ended up dying anyway. Wait, did they die? Well, 
it ends like as they're like ah they scream and there's a crash and we never see those people again oh my god that's so unfair yeah I was rooting for okay well this is making no sense to anyone who has not seen <laughs> um, this film what was the last thing um Emma found this quote before she watched it do you want to share the John Cleese quote I lost my mind at this quote okay it's so, like I have to admit I actually have not seen a lot of Monty Python Um, so my knowledge of John Cleese is through A Fish Called Wanda, uh, which is his Academy Award nomination for script writing, and, um, I guess through Harry Potter, like, he's, he's, uh, nearly headless Nick. But he is an, I know him well enough to know that he is an iconic comedic voice. And actor John Cleese praised the script as one of only two scripts during his career that he enjoyed. It is so unusual to get a top-class script. Twice in my life I've had the experience of reading a script and say, simply saying, I'm going to do this. John Cleese, I have so many <laughs> questions. Well, when you think of, like... Because I don't even know how this like, script would read, because so much of it is physical comedy. So, like, how yes. would that even read? I think it's, like, what's going to happen next? Like, you don't think it could get any more bizarre? And, folks, it does. It gets more it bizarre does. and bizarre and, and crazy. And it's this dialogue of what people will go through for to just for just money like money can change people's lives and it's interesting to see like all the other characters have different motives and um what some of them are just there they're like oh it's a race i'm going to win i i want him to be our captain like he has no idea what's going on um and then the other people like are already scammers and they're like yeah we're going to get money this is gonna be great and someone else is like oh my business is not doing well i should do this and yeah it's my first ever ensemble cast and because there was so much going on I but I thought the pacing actually made like worked like I was I never forgot what just happened to that other people even though it's been like 10 minutes since I saw them I never forgot what they were doing because it was so bizarre that how could I forget that they all of a sudden were they said no to a squirrel lady and now they're like in the middle of the desert because they didn't buy a squirrel you know okay so I'm trying to figure out how we can break this down for our listeners. Um, yeah, so it opens with, like, you inter- meeting all these characters, and you're talking about ensemble films, and, like, it was fun. Like, it has a real putting the team together kind of quality, mm-hmm. and I, the moment where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't judge this movie before I see it, is when, so they're all playing the slot machines, in this casino and they win and get this token that invites them to participate in the rat race it's not called the rat race in the race (laughs) yeah and i was like oh oh i'm into this where it was exciting of like can you like imagine being like that and like one of the characters played by Rebecca meyer nick is a really really Mm straight-laced lawyer and he is there for a bachelor party and decides to leave early because he he has big aspirations and doesn't want to do anything he might regret or that might be you know, able to derail his political career later in life mm-hmm. so he leaves and then kind of and I like absolutely sigh with him because his friend stops him and is like why are you leaving my bachelor party yeah. and it sounds like the trashiest bachelor party I know. ever I'm like this does not sound like fun but he does take some umbrage to it and it's like I don't have a fun in Vegas I'm gonna gamble and he like plays this one slot machine and gets this point that it's like what would you do if you're like this mean? What does this mean? Like it's it's a fun concept. I enjoyed the concept immensely. Yeah, it's. Um, um, I could definitely see this movie, this specific type of concept, and being changed into any type of genre. Like, they could have made this not like different cast, obviously. Like, 
this could have been like a serious film. This could have been um, like you could go with so many different aspects of this type of game of like what's going to happen. And you kind of talked about them going up um, into like the penthouse and like the bringing the team together. One of my favorite quotes is when um, I keep wanting to call Mr. Bean. I know that's not his name, <laughs> uh, but his his character is Enrico. Mr. Bean. Yeah. He walks in. He's like, wow, what a beautiful room. This is an amazing room. Have you seen this room? And the guy's like, yes. We're in it. It's just so... We're in this room. <laughs> yeah, of um, course. We've seen it. Um, do you uh, want to just kind of go through and introduce, like, everyone really quickly? Yeah, okay. And so then we've done We've done um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s bit. We know about him. Um, so the mother and daughter, there's Vera and Meryl. Um, so um, they are meeting for the first time because um, she had to give her up when she was younger. Um, the daughter is... Um, opening her business to the public and she's a little bit nervous about money and that's kind of their aspect of what they want to do. You can tell that the mother doesn't, she's just excited to be with her daughter. Like she doesn't know what's happening. She's like, Ooh, like she's up in the, the thing. Like, Oh, it's you. You're the bonehead. And like, just like, like this chilling. is Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and she's so sweet in this because I opened and I, it's right after you meet two other characters who are con men. So I saw, yes. I was like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg is also a con man. Um, like she's scamming these, she's telling these waitresses the story about how she's about to meet her daughter who she gave for adoption when she was really young. And I was like, oh, she's scamming them. And she's not, she's just this weirdly yeah. sweet lady who's excited to meet her daughter. Um, and she's probably one of my favorite characters in the entire thing because only at the very end, she kind of, like, near the end, she kind of, like, loses it for a second, but she still says thank you. Like, she's still, like, she's like, I forgot to tip the maid. I need to tip the maid. And they're trying to get a I car real fast. Maid. And it's like, this guy's trading. And he's like, would you like to get this? And she's like, what color is it? <laughs> it's like, oh, would you like to hear about a liability insurance? insurance? How much is it? <laughs> it's like, no, this is not the time. She just wants to hang out with her daughter. Um, and you talked about the con men. So the con men is Dwayne and Blaine are brothers and one of them um just pierced their tongue and can't talk very well um, this is so off-putting to me the idea that anyone want to pierce their tongues that's seth green and an actor who i've never heard of sorry sir but uh vince villeuf yeah he hasn't done um, a lot of films but i there because i was such a seth green fan as a kid like this was my favorite plot because a lot of things i watch especially growing up is like pretty like pgg like very like chill and this was like the first movie when i saw people doing stuff they shouldn't do and it was like kind of bad i was like ooh, <laughs> this is something you shouldn't Jenny, be doing please do not pierce your tongue by yourself no. it's like they keep showing it and it's like swollen and rotting i hate yeah. looking at it well it's actually like a, a prosthetic thing they put over his tongue so I still that's... hate looking at it <laughs> i know <laughs> um and so they're conmen and I just love their hijinks this entire film is just them like having pretty much just car troubles the entire time of like they're they couldn't get a flight so they're gonna stop all flights from happening and um what's it's a classic song that's played during that scene it's like in the hall of the mountain king yes and it's I was the perfect space for that song because it just builds and builds and builds and it gets so and they're excessive. like trying, so they're trying to tear down like this this 
air traffic control. You can tell yeah. this movie came out in 2000 because there's so many airport <laughs> crimes. Um, they're trying to chase, and it's pulling their car up, and they're like spinning, and they're just like snotty and crying because they think they're gonna die. <laughs> it's really jarring. I'm like, I am uh, witnessing two men reconcile with their own mortality in this moment. Yeah. And so they stop all the flights, hence why no one can fly down there, and they have to all so like take cars. Seriously, road tripping. Um, to and New then. Then they, they're like, hey, like, there's two of us, we should split up. And then they try to get two different keys, and then they loudly talk about this whole money thing, and the key Stupid. guy takes the key. And then they chase them around, and then there's, then there's a, a hot air balloon, and then the guy's in a hot air balloon, and he tried to go, and then he falls, and then he's getting chased by the car. That scene... It's so funny. This is the most rambling episode. I freaking love it. We are all over the place. I know. Sorry. Just like this film, it's all over the place, folks. But we're having a good time. Um, When they filmed that scene, there was actually a guy in the the car, like, in the driver's seat. Like, they put, like, a mask thing over him so you can't tell. So they actually filmed that. Seth Green is running away from a moving car. And there's a guy driving it. And I think Seth... Like, okay, we have to finish introducing the rest of the characters. Rest oh, of the yeah. Characters before okay, we get more then there's also um, a, the family man, Randy, um, played by John Levitz. Um, Levitz, I think? Levitz, yeah. Um, and he is just a horrible father and person and husband. And he just, he's on his family vacation and he just wants to gamble and make money. And he convinces his family to go. Um, and his wife is played by the girl from Hocus Pocus. Um, I don't remember Kathy her Nishimi, name. Kathy a.k.a. Peggy Hill. Yes. Um, and... I love her so much. So they go... Their plotline is my least favorite, as you probably will know. Just because their plot... We will get is, into it. Yeah. Um, and then... Then there's Nick, which we kind of talked about already. Um, he is the guy who's not really a big fan of this whole thing. Then he meets, um, Tracy, um, played by Amy Smart. And she, um, is a she pilot. lately. Um, she, but she flies choppers and they use a different system. So he's like, oh my God, I could win then. And so they are, go together. Then there's Enrico, who's Mr. Bean. Um, and he is just there. He has, uh, he is narcoleptic. So he sometimes falls asleep. And he also meets up with Wayne Knight from Seinfeld, that dude, who you is mean. driving a heart down, like an emergency heart. Well, yeah. So those are the main groups of people <laughs> of the film. And so they're all racing over the course of 24 hours to get to this place. We talked about Cuba Gooding Jr. Spotline. Yeah. Um, we talked, okay, let's finish talking about Seth Green. So yeah, we have Seth Green and his brother, Dwayne and Blaine. Yeah. Um, I think we pretty much covered them. Is there anything we else? We pretty much covered it. It's just them, yeah. like, trying to drive and stealing cars, and then they, like, accidentally get slammed into a monster truck rally, and they're. Yeah. They're. Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words about this film. There's just, my math's trying to say too many things at once. Um, there's so much one general comment I want to make is the soundtrack in this movie. Jenny talked about how like all of all of Dwayne and Blaine's uh, sequences are set to really intense orchestral music in the Hall of the Mountain King. But before we even get to that, the opening credits to this movie are so long. Is that an, and it's an original yeah. song called Rat Race by the Baja Men. Yeah. And it's just, you just listen to this whole song. And then 
Anyways, I think this is this is not going anywhere. Other <laughs> well, than I was like, I was like, oh, this will be a fun, quick sequence, and then it just keeps it keeps going. going. But I kind of liked it because it kind of like it was unique from not just like here's just random things. It was like them like cartoonish characters. Um, yeah, but you mentioned it's like, like little animated versions. Yeah, you mentioned like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is baller for this entire film. Like, it's... we gotta save the reveal for the end. Yes, but some songs they have like the. Um, who, they play Who Let the Dogs Out. There's the, Again, the Sugar Pie Honey Book. You know that I love you. And they also have... That's with all the Lucy's. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm feeling it. Oh, they also play that when after the helicopter crash. And he's like... Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. And they also have... Uh, um, they play I Believe Miracles. They're, there's like... Yes. Okay, so that's what, that's what I was building up to. So then they had this scene and I was furious. Again, every time I was entertained by this movie, I was so angry. <laughs> but they have this scene where the brothers are finally, like, they have a functioning car, they have the key, they're on their way to this train station, and then the brother with the festering tongue yeah. uh, passes, they're, they're driving alongside this car with this very, like, two beautiful women, and she also has a lot of piercings, and they take turns, like, showing each other their piercings, and it's, like, weirdly charming. <laughs> I know. Where she, he shows her his disgusting, moldy tongue. Yeah. And she's like, oh, here, let me show you my pair's nipples. And I'm like, in what universe is this an effective seduction technique? But it's working for him. And uh, you know what? I want a love like that. <laughs> I uh, want an unconditional love like that. Oh, man. Um, They're just yeah. such doofuses. It's... And then, who do you want to talk about next? Okay, then the mother and daughter. Um... So they're trying to drive yes. down, and then they run into Kathy Bates, who's trying to sell squirrels on the side of the road. Yes, folks, keep up. There's squirrel selling happening now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they pull over to the side of the road, and Kathy Bates is there, uncredited, uncredited Academy Award-winning actress <laughs> Kathy Bates. Um, <laughs> and she's selling squirrels for $2, which I think is a very reasonable squirrel rate. And uh, Meryl, the daughter, is very short with her. Like, no, we don't want squirrels. We just want directions. And Vera, this is the thing. I was like, Kathy Bates, you were very insidious because she doesn't have a name. She's the, she's just the squirrel seller. Yeah. But Vera's quite patient with her and is like, oh, your squirrels are lovely. Like, how much are they? Oh, no, thank you. We're not interested. We just need directions. And she gives them directions. That is a shortcut to the interstate. She directs them off of a cliff they go flying off of the cliff and crash into a pile of cars that have also been driven off of the cliff by this deranged woman and make and so she gives them she's like here's a bag of squirrel food just in case you see any squirrels and they crash and a skeleton goes flying out of the car they crash into also holding a squirrel bag i'm talking so fast let me take a breath <laughs> it's hey okay and it is a complete skeleton there is not it is a dry it is dry as a bone, literally, the bones are dry. There is no meat. There is no flesh. There is no sinew hanging onto this the skeleton. This is the second time in it this takes... podcast where we've talked about skeletons and how it becomes a skeleton. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I took biology in high school. Remember very little. It as I'm, I am under the impression that it takes like a while to turn fully into a skeleton. Mm-hmm. So this is my theory here. This is one of the main horror movie plot lines, aside from the murderous Cabby. I think that Kathy Bates' character is immortal. Mm-hmm. I think she is some kind of succubus that feeds on fear, oh. mayhaps. Oh. I'm making this up as I speak. Okay. <laughs> she, but this woman is an immortal who exists purely to torture and kill people. Because, like yeah. I said, like they're short with her, but they're not rude. But because they did not buy her squirrel, she believes that that deems them worthy of 
a horrible death. Didn't she, like, just win the Oscar for that movie of, like, she won it for a movie where she was kind of, like, creepy, right? So I wonder if they, like... Yeah, so she won Best Actress for Misery. Ah, yes, yes, yes. um, Which came out in 1990. Okay. Rob Reiner. Um, Yeah, so Kathy Bates, we love her. Friend of the podcast. (laughs) Um... Okay, so that's but, kind of the, and no, and then she's they, an immortal being who is there to murder. And then and they take a rocket ship, and they should have died in that rocket ship. But yeah, they take, so it's like they're trying to break the they they cr- stumble upon a, a test for the world's fastest land speed vehicle, and they yeah. get into a rocket car. Yeah, I didn't take great offense to this plot line. I was like, okay, no, it's like, a rocket fine. car. Um, okay, next plot line is with Nick. Their chin does this horrible thing, though, when they're moving really quickly. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, Emma's gonna cringe at that. <laughs> it's, it, I like my chin where it's supposed to be. Mm. Uh, attached to my face. Um, so, second, another plot line is Nick and Tracy. Um, so Nick is on, a uh, takes the chopper, and she goes to see her boyfriend quickly. Who, did you catch who he's played by? I had to look it up. He looked familiar, but I couldn't figure it out. So he's played by Dean Kane, And the funny thing is, is his character's name is Sean Kent. Because he plays <laughs> Superman and other things. Clark Kent, people. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she goes bananas and starts destroying his car and chasing after her. So you get a car helicopter chase. And then they steal his car. And... Then they're kind of like, we're in this together now. And then they travel. That's pretty much their it's, thing. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a romance. He, he's very much like the, the straight man to all of this chaos happening. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm just going to go back home. I'm not interested in the money. And then he meets uh, Tracy and is like, well, I kind of want to impress this cute girl. Then she commits several federal crimes uh, yeah. in this helicopter chase again. <laughs> crimes. I just don't want to go to jail. Um, I'll be either, man. You stressed me out so much. Um, yeah, but I, I did like the moment where he's like, I, I broke a rule. He just, you can see the adrenaline pumping through his body. <laughs> yeah. He's going to crash so hard that night and be like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this whole thing happens but, in a day. But, it's, it's bizarre. Um, okay, so that's pretty much their plot. Then there's Enrico, played by Mr. Bean. Um, he is a little bit later because he falls asleep and then he gets hit by a car and he gets hit by um, the driver who is bringing your heart down to Texas, I believe. And okay, I'm gonna I'm, I have an anecdote because this is one of the parts that made me genuinely laugh out loud. Okay. Um, where earlier in the movie, the two common brothers, Dwayne and Blaine, um, are trying to set up uh, like one of them accidentally taking a fall, and then they're gonna sue the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone else legitimately falls, and then Gloria Allred <laughs> appears. She's a real lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I said. So Gloria Allred appears and is like, I'm going to sue this building. Um, I'm going to help you out. And they're like, oh, dang it, we should have fallen first. And then uh, Mr. Bean gets hit by the car, and Gloria Allred appears <laughs> like, from a building across the street and is like, I saw everything. I'm on the way. And uh, Wayne Knight is like, oh, Gloria Allred. And I was just like... We talked about how this is a stacked cast, and we talked about Academy Award winners. Gloria Allred is one of the most, like, respected women in legal history. <laughs> I know. And I was like, even I have heard of her. Yeah. And she's, like, all in, like, um, a red outfit, too. And it's just, oh. It's... I know. She's in an all-red outfit. It's amazing. Like, huge women's rights advocate. 
huge like marriage equality advocate. She has done so much for the Me Too movement and for holding yeah. uh, like famous celebrities accountable. And I mean, her daughter is Lisa Bloom, which anyone who's read uh, Catch and Kill or followed the Ronan Farrow story will know about. But um, just like Gloria Allred, like and like iconic <laughs> American hero. Yeah. I think and I love like, this idea of her on a little holiday and being like, I saw everything. Justice will be done. Justice never sleeps. Justice is never on a holiday. They're always ready to go. Yeah, this movie is so oh bizarre. God, it's right. so, like, unrealistic and surreal that, like, oh, man. Anyway, okay. So, pretty much, they go. They have problems with the heart because... Um, Wayne's like, I want to see the heart. And you're like, dude, this guy shouldn't be driving this thing if he wants to see a human heart. And then it goes out the window, and then they have to find it. And then this is another time when the driver's like, I'm going to kill a drifter. Yeah, and it's kind of a horror yeah, film. Yeah, so this is a, <laughs> it is a horror film. Like, he is the hitcher. So he's this medical transport man. It's like, you want to see a human heart. <laughs> um, and then they loot, and then the heart gets bitten by a dog, and there's holes in it. And so Wayne Knight is like, I need to kill a drifter so I can steal his heart. And then he's still got Mr. Bean with him. And is like, do you have any family? <laughs> and then tries to murder Mr. Bean. Yeah. Well, he doesn't yet. He just says like, ah. And then Mr. Bean realizes that he's like, oh, look, a drifter. And then he runs into, but on safely a train. <laughs> like somehow he just jumps Again, on. Haunting. So yeah. he, Mr. Bean, uh, we're going to talk about skeletons, has a rubber skeleton, also not a human being. Um, which is good, because he was able to avoid the hitcher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. And then the final plot, which is my least favorite <laughs> plot, is the family plot. Um, I hate this plot for so many reasons. Main reasons is Nazis. I have some logic did you think that was coming? Did you think this movie was going to have Nazis? <laughs> it does. My yeah. initial problem with this plot is, so you have this very greedy father who has no interest in his family. Yeah. Um, and then he finds out about this race and manages to convince his wife and is like, oh, I got a job and we have to go to New Mexico. Why would his wife believe that? That's sketchy as hell. And B, yeah. why not just tell your wife first off? Because he tells her later on and she's really upset and doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you just told her outright, she would have been like, oh, okay, because she makes a point of, like, she just wants to spend time, they just want to, it's their first family holiday in years, they just want to spend time together, so I'm oh, like, yeah. buddy, yeah. you yeah. are your own worst enemy. Yeah, and um, then they, they go to the Barbie museum, and they don't realize, oh, I don't even like, to, I don't like this plot, <laughs> I don't like it at all. Okay, so they're, they're Jewish characters, and... They drive past the sign for a Barbie museum, and the daughter, who's probably like eight or nine, really wants to go. So they convince the, the father, Randy, to pull over. And then it's actually, like, it's just nuts. Where, like, they have this one line earlier about how you won't even let them drive, like, any German cars because they're Jewish. And um, then they real, and then it's actually a museum to a famous Nazi who had the last name Barbie, and they get stuck in a tour of neo Nazis. And they're all, again, this is a horror film. This is literally the plot of Green Room where they're trapped in a room with neo-Nazis and are fearing for their life and they escape. And in this part, I was like kind of into where they, the Nazis have like wrecked their car engine to keep them from getting away. No, Horrifying. It wasn't them. It was the brothers who did that. Oh, okay. I, okay. I thought it was the Nazis yeah. who no, uh, it was the like, brothers because with their engine. 
when they're driving and then the brother points is like, oh, that's the other people's car. So they drive over and cut that guy's car and go. Okay, well, still, they are trapped in a museum with the yeah. Nazis. And so then, and this part, I was, like, a little bit into, where they're like, fuck it, we're gonna steal, there's a Hitler's has a car there, and they're like, screw it, we're gonna steal Hitler's car. And I was yeah. often then being like, we're gonna stick it to these Nazis, yeah. uh, and steal this car. And then it goes, oh, really, off the rails in an yeah. uncomfortable way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I could definitely do without that whole plot point. It's extremely convoluted. They end up, he ends up, like, eating a cigarette lighter and burning his throat so he can't speak, and then he also gets, like, ash on his face that looks like the Hitler mustache, and then they accidentally cry. I I hate even describing it, but, like, they crash into a picnic for World War II veterans. It's just an extremely bad taste. Like, out of any, like, I feel like they definitely went way too far with this. Like, I still, like, look away when this scene happens, because I'm like, this is... just so uncomfortable. You went too far. Too far happened. Yeah. Um, Like, and... Yeah. Yeah. It's bad taste. Bad, bad, not good. Um, yeah, so that's kind of all their plot points. And then they all meet up, and they're chasing the bot, the bag of money, and they crash into a concert for Feed the World, and Smash Mouth is there. And at which point one of the children says, whoa, it's Smash Mouth. There are no signs indicating that it's Smash Mouth. If a, uh, if I was, if I walked face first into any member of Smash Mouth, and he said, and they said, do you know who I am? I would have to say no. Like, if someone was like, I, in under no circumstance, what I'm trying to say is under no circumstances could I ever identify a member of Smash Mouth. I am I, a big Smash Mouth fan, so I do recognize the main singer. <laughs> so if I would have seen him, I would have known okay. him Smash Mouth. And if you notice, it's the child says it. And then the only other person who's okay. excited the is the one of the, the brother with the tongue problem. He's also excited. Everyone else has no idea who they are. <laughs> and yeah. Whoa, it's Smash Mouth. <laughs> um... Yeah, and so then they end up donating all their money and to feed the world, and then it ends with the song All Star, and they crowd surf while the bank, the um, rich man and all his bank buddies. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned this whole thing. The whole plot, the whole purpose of this is because um, Sinclair is trying to get all of his like rich gambling buddies to gamble with them, so they're gambling on who they this think is going to win. It's a hair's breadth away from organizing the most dangerous game because he is trying to organize the ultimate gambling experience. He is going to be like, you have to gamble on human yeah. greed and who's going to get there first. He, his next initiative is hunting man for a sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they're all on this stage and they don't know that it's a charity concert and they've got all this money and they've agreed to all share it. And they tell Smash Mouth, we're going to share the money. And Smash Mouth is like, wow, you're going to share the money with all of us? And then they realize it's a charity and they've just pledged yeah. to donate the money to charity. But they yeah. agree. At which point um, our, our straight edge boy, Nick, says like, oh, and this is all sponsored by John Cleese. And he's yeah. going to match any donations. And it's John Cleese crying because he realizes he has to spend more of his money because rich people. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked... <laughs> The, we've talked a lot already, and <laughs> we haven't even, like, done the ratings or the game yet. Okay, but I actually, oh, I'm going through my notes, so I had some other things uh, to say. I just have another quote that says, good things take time, great things happen all at once. I just like that quote. It's a good quote. 
That's a that's a belongs on an inspirational cat calendar. I know, right? Um, I, I'm actually starting to write quotes down and I'm going to write them down too because it's fun. Anywho, what were you gonna say? Okay, I have one more thing. So in the Rowan Atkinson plotline, before he's almost uh, murdered by the uh, the Bone Turner, mm-hmm. Wayne Newman, um, <laughs> they're in the car and uh, he's playing, I think, Chain of Fools oh. on the radio, and it's like. Playing Chain of Fools and Rowan Atkinson is singing along, but he is singing Respect. And so those lyrics are like, chain, chain, chain. And then he's like, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And it's a very funny. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So he doesn't know the words to Chain of Fools. He thinks it's the song Respect. And then at the end of the Smash Mouth concert, he is he knows all the words to All Star. And I just feel like that was a really important observation to make. <laughs> Character growth. Is what I call um, it. And then, yeah, like the family plotline, the pair family plotline, not my, not a, not a fan, but there is one line where after they've escaped the neo-Nazis, they're in a diner, and he's trying to convince his family, and he's like, do you know what you can do with two million dollars? That's a lifetime supply of hummus. <laughs> and they're just like, looking at him like, are you kidding hummus me? Hummus wasn't even trendy then. Why does this man love hummus so much? Oh. Um, <sighs> And then, what are some of my other notes? Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. at the end, uh, Owen starts breakdancing, and I, I really hope that that was actually Cuba Gooding Jr. He also vogues while crowd surfing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what else did I have? Uh, all of the sound of the Foley work in this film, every time someone runs into a wall, there's this rubber bound sound effect that's like, <laughs> and it haunts me. Uh, <laughs> and... We don't have to get into her plotline, but I'm just gonna say Vicky earned it. And we haven't mentioned Vicky, but Vicky earned the money, is what I'm saying. <laughs> is that if anyone should have gotten the $2 million, it's Vicky. Oh, and man. be thankful that you don't understand what that means. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so that was Rat Race. She undercharged. Uh, yeah, oh, 100%, my God. Um, yeah, so that's Rat Race. It is a, a film that I understand when people don't like it, but it has such a soft spot in my heart because I'm a big fan of nostalgic and nostalgia and all that jazz and it just makes me forget about the world and it's so so bizarre and so stupid that I watch something like this and I remind myself hey I'm, I'm a good person I'm not these people everything's fine <laughs> um yeah so Emma what did you rate this film okay so I'm trying to I'm trying to be be generous because I love you <laughs> and cherish you and your place in my life and this movie brings you so much joy like yeah and I I it was not worth the two hours of my life, but I, I enjoyed the experience of... I wish we could have watched it together, because I yes. actually would have enjoyed it more had I watched it in the room with you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you would have seen my face. <laughs> and it would have been... It would have bumped it up so much. But I wanted to give it... Like, initially, I was just like, I'm not enjoying this movie, but I can I cannot lie. The hummus line did make me laugh. <laughs> uh, there's another scene where, before all the planes stop working... Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter are in a plane and the daughter's like, if you get us there, you know, in an hour or whatever, I'll buy you dinner. And the two pilots are so excited, they smash their heads to each other and they try to they turn their head to be like, wow, really? And they just go, boink. And that also made me laugh because I am a child. Um, so I gave it half a star for the genuine laughter that it gave me. Yay. Or the chuckles, the chuckles. Mm. Um, and then it gets a half a star for the joy it brings you and half yeah. a star for the presence of Gloria Allred. So one and a half stars is my rating for Rat Race. Had I watched it with you, and had I not watched it, like, last night, it probably would have grown, as, like, you had said, like, with Hansel and Gretel, the more you thought about it, the more 
like it changed in your mind, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is not for Emma's. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I guess I'm happy did, it's for Jenny's. Yay! I'm glad. Like I was expecting a one maximum, so one and a half. I'm like hell yeah, that's exciting. We did it, kids. Yeah, I totally understand. Like if anyone hates this movie, I'm like yeah, I get it. Um, but it's like there are some. It's so like unlike me to like a film like this. So that's why it has such a special place in my heart. Like, I haven't watched any other films like this that are just stupid. Like, I usually hate those movies. I just don't watch them. But there's just something about this movie that's so important to me. For example, how the song All Star is not a Shrek song for me. This is pre-Shrek. This is pre-Shrek. I have to give them credit. They yeah. knew. They knew in a way that the rest of the universe did this is a pre-Shrek. Today I was in a, a, a Zoom call for work. And we were trying to uh, think of ideas we could do to, like, get the audience, or not the audience, the office to still socialize. Yeah. And one of my coworkers was like, oh, well, what if we did, uh, a, like, an office music video where we, like, all recorded people playing instruments mm. and everyone could, like, sing one part. And she suggested doing All Star. And she was like, it's the Shrek song. And I almost, on that work call, was like, um, actually, at first I played the movie Rat Race. <laughs> and I did not, because my microphone was on mute. Uh, well, didn't we realize that Shrek came out a couple months beforehand, though? Wait, did Shrek come out first? Yeah. Okay, we've looked this up. I was going to say, like, at least so five times. times. Again, okay. every time we talk about this film. Okay, now I'm just, I think okay, so it, Rat Race came out. Rat Race came out after, same year. Which oh, makes damn. me think. But Smash Mouth, Smash Smash Mouth was actually in this movie, so they probably filmed it before Shrek came out. So okay, they... yeah, this came out in August 17, 2001, um, and I think Shrek came out in May? We have, okay, no joke, Jenny and I in our personal lives have looked this up, as she said, at least five times. <laughs> because it's Are a there big five movie? Shrek movies? Yeah, How there's so Shrek many. Movies? There's five? Oh my god. I thought it was only four, but they have a lot of specials. I don't know. I typed in Shrek and it tried to fill in Shrek 5 for me. Yo, yeah. So this came out in April 2001. Okay. okay. So technically it is a Shrek song. I'm glad I didn't say anything then. Yeah. Anywho. Cool. Yay. So that is Rat Race. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it twice this week. Once I just watched it without taking any notes. And then I watched it last night and actually took notes. <laughs> I'm so happy for the joy that it brings you. Thank you. Um, okay, so, um, we're running out of time, because I don't want us to go super over time, but, um, I have prepared some questions for you, Emma. Um, so, this whole rat race thing is a lot about, like, what length people would go to for two million dollars. I like to think that I'm a good person. Um, and so I found some quizzes and stuff online, and I've compiled, you know what, we can go over time, whatever. Um, and this is... It's what I would like you to guess. I have six, uh, I have about ten questions. Um, the first couple will be for what would you do for a million dollars. And unlike what would you do, I want you to guess what you think the majority of people decided that they would do. So, Oh, this is a survey says type deal. Yes. Do you think people would say yes or no to this? Okay, um, I want to, can I tell a personal anecdote? Of course. Um, I'm a, in case you wouldn't tell, a bit of a dramatic personality. Um, <laughs> you said that so undramatically, kind of which was ironic. Uh, I'm a big fan of the hyperbole. <laughs> and, uh, in our first year of friendship, uh, we were making jokes about Klondike bars, which has the iconic, <laughs> uh, 
I hope to do for a Klondike bar. Jenny remembers this. And uh, a friend of ours said, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And I said, everything. At the exact same time that Jenny said, well, I would ask very nicely. <laughs> and uh, that's us. That is our friendship. That's that is who we are in a nutshell. Uh. All right, so. Okay, continue. Survey says, okay, for a million dollars, um, do you think more people said yes or no to... No contact with the outside world for two years. Two years? Two years. Do you think yes or no? I think no. Correct. 60% said no. Yeah, I'm like, now that... I, 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 I wasn't sure, because I was like, well, now that we're in it, like, if people were asking that question, I know. people would definitely say no, because we've all been isolated, like, before when it was just hypothetical, but, like, two years is a really long time. That's a I long would, time. I would not I handle that well, because that's no contact, that's no calls, that's just you. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Second that's question. No. Give up internet for five years. Five years? Yeah. No. Correct. It is No. Um, for like a bonus point, there's no points, but how, what percent do you think said no? Um, it's the majority, uh, 64. 56. Okay. Which means 44% said yes. I, I tried to pick some that are, like, very close. Um, okay. Okay. Let your partner have a one-night stand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's... 57%. I mean, that's a Demi Moore movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, never speak to your best friend ever again. No. No. Yeah. 76%. That was a wild one. Just, I was like, cause that's very, very Sounds obvious. Fake. Um, move to another country and never come back. Yeah. Correct. Yes. But I get to pick the country? Like, yeah. Yeah. And number six, be guaranteed to die at 75 no. Oh. Answer is no. 60% said no. Because that's like a, like 75 is pretty young, all things considered. But Mm -hmm. like, if it's a guarantee that you're going to make it until then, like it also takes some of the pressure off. You know, I didn't think about that way. That's true. Like, then live your fool's potential. I'm not having any strokes. I'm not having any, you know, early life heart attacks. All right. I have four more questions, but this is what would you do for $5 million? (sighs) Okay. Okay. You would get the money, no questions asked. However, a random person would die. You have no idea who they are or how they would die, but someone would die. This is a Cameron Diaz film. Um, this is a trick one. What do you what think? Would I do? What not, would, what this would is not what people do. Yeah, I don't want it to be I what know. would you do because thank you. <laughs> I don't want. You. I'm gonna say I, I know I don't want to deal with any ethical quandaries. Uh, my computer. I apologize if you can hear my computer launching into space. It's fairly warm. Yeah. Also, um, with this whole quarantine, you probably have heard a lot of more background noises in our podcast. There's because... definitely someone learning how to play the bass guitar in our last episode. Yeah. So there's people around and houses more noise. Um, I know. And I'm going to say the majority of people said yes. Okay. Trick question. In percent wise, it was 50-50. However, down to how many votes, yes had 161,000. No had 163,000. So technically no. But very close. Um, Number two, you could only listen to country music for the rest of your life. Yeah, country music's pretty 
It was the answer was yes. Fifty three percent said yes. I'm like, so I love but, Taylor. I love John Prime. I love Casey Musgraves. I'm good. But Dixie Chicks. Forty seven percent of people said no. <laughs> Some people like come on guys. It's probably Angels into better country music. Yeah. Um, and like no, that's not excluding crossovers. The options are limitless. Number three. I could still listen to Red. I'd be okay. Redo kindergarten to grade twelve as an adult. For five million dollars. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Fifty four percent said yes. And the final question. Da, 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 da. All your teeth will be removed and you can only use dentures. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I know multiple people. I actually know multiple people who have had to have all of their teeth removed. Oh, and no. it's like stressful as hell. Um, but I'm going to say people would say yes. No. Nope. are going to lose them eventually. People would say oh. no. 58% said no. Oh, dear. And that is what would people do for money? People are crazy. I mean, with $5 million, you get some pretty good dentures. So that's our podcast. That's our podcast for this week. <laughs> Sorry, we just cut out it a bunch of times because the, it, everyone's on the internet all at the same time now. Um, yeah. So that is our podcast. Thank you for it's indulging me in this film. And thank you seeing... for watching Helpful and Gretel last week. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, in two weeks, we'll come back with shows and things that we think the other person would like. This was an experiment. This is an experiment. I, I think I want you to like things. I know. It was extremely <laughs> stressful because I was like, I don't want to just like make fun of your taste, but this was a struggle. This was a test. This was a friendship test and we did pass it. We've come out stronger on the other side. We passed it. 100%. Yes. Where can they yeah, message us, um, Emma? You can, uh, if you have a uh, terrible... Uh, ensemble film you think I, I should also be uh, forced to watch you can email us at hihopodcast h-y-h-o podcast at gmail.com or find us on twitter at hihopodcast uh, also rate, review and subscribe to us please on Apple Podcasts we're also available on Spotify and pretty much any podcaster you can find nowadays um, you've probably heard this on any other podcast you've ever listened to but it makes a huge difference we've got people who have reviewed us and it's been very exciting and I love feeling valid um and on that note, Jenny. And remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. Um, Kathy Bates is an immortal being. Uh, and good night, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh.